0: Welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're going to be speaking with Nancy DiDia. She's joining us to talk about her 15 years as a DNI officer, a little bit of her personal history, and how she nurtured the development of the DI programs at a pharmaceutical industry giant. She's also going to share a little bit of what she's learned on how to build sustainable change over time. A lot to talk about in a short period of time. Welcome, Nancy DiDia. Thank you for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you, Neil. Great to be here.
0: Well, I understand that you have a very interesting background. I said that you're joining us here from uh, Beringer, Ingelheim. Um, give us a little bit of your personal history. Talk about a little bit about how it uh, shaped your professional life and um, a little bit about your role there at BNI.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised, um, grew up in Brooklyn, New York in the, uh, late 60s, early 70s, and, uh, New York was, um, going through a lot of change at that time. Civil rights were, uh, at play. Uh, there was a lot of civil unrest, very similar to what we're feeling and experiencing today, almost, you know, 40, 50 years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a, a product of the New York City public school systems, um, I saw a lot of um, segregation uh, as much as I saw integration. I was always the kind of kid who noticed the outliers, the ones who were different. And when I say different, that didn't look like me mm-hmm. or that um, – sat alone on the bench. So for me it was uh something I was very athletic as well. It was something about always helping the uh the minority and I I didn't know what that meant then, but I I just had a soft place for uh kids that weren't in the the core or the center. So that led me to working um, You know, going to school, um, ultimately working in a a large major financial institution and uh, going through corporate America in the 90s. It was uh, really high pressure, um, very corporate and very much uh, requiring people to fit into a mold of who they weren't but uh, to really be corporate. So there was a look, there was a feel, there was a style. And that was really very unnatural for me. And um, as much as I tried to fit into that, um, I mean, we're going back to the days where women couldn't even wear pantsuits, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, that was just unheard of uh, in terms of inclusion, letting people show up authentically. And then having a, a series of... Um, managers, you know, good, bad, and ugly, some that um, I think were terrific and some that weren't so terrific in terms of how they treated women, mm-hmm. how they treated underrepresented groups were all um, Were all triggers for me to really want to make a difference and change things a little bit, you know, a little bit more. And so ultimately, um, I would say during this time, um, there were a few things going on. One, I personally uh, was in the closet as a gay female mm-hmm. and didn't feel comfortable coming out. Um, and at the same time, um, maybe five years after, you know, that period where I wanted to publicly come out, I was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and so I went through a traumatic change in my life and, um, it really helped me to focus on what matters. And to me, what matters was equity and people feeling that, uh, they had a fair shot and that things were, uh, especially in healthcare. And, uh, you know, especially being a female having breast cancer, uh, and being gay, um, there really weren't outlets for me to gain support. So long story short, after several mergers in the financial institution I was in, um, many jobs were eliminated. I um, opted out of uh, staying in the new organization, started my own consulting firm, and then Beringer Ingelheim became a client of mine. And uh, I worked at Beringer Ingelheim as a consultant for two years. And I really found my purpose in healthcare. And what I mean by that is I was really driven and motivated to help others, to help patients, to help our employees feel more empowered and to remind them of their why and why we're all here. So doing this kind of work Uh, not only helped me to uh, find my way, but it also helped me to create uh, a culture of inclusion, belonging, equity, and it's something, as you said in in your opening remarks, it's not One and done and you walk away from it. This is continuous improvement. As the world changes, as uh, situations occur, we have to constantly work at this. And as people's priorities change and expectations change, we have to adapt to that changing world as well.
0: You've got a, a high-level uh, position there at BNI, Executive Director, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, and uh, Head U.S. DICE. What programs at BNI are you most proud of and why?
1: Well, there there are actually three um, programs or strategies that I would say that come to mind um, in the past year, especially uh, one of them is a series of courageous conversations that we instituted after um, the George Floyd killing. And that was an opportunity for myself and a senior leader to co-lead very safe discussions for people to just express how they were feeling. When you think about it, it was truly uh, what I call the trifecta of uncertainty last year. We had the pandemic, we had the social injustices occurring, and election uncertainty, uh, among other things. And we've run over 30 of these with more than uh, 30% of our employees, almost 3,000 of our employees participating. Uh, In them. And this was a safe space for people to uh, talk about what was on their mind, to express their emotions in um, a space where they weren't being judged. And what was most fascinating about that was to see how other employees reached out to each other during these virtual calls. Now, mind you, none of us were in the office, but to watch this type of outreach happen in chat. Uh, for people to raise their hands virtually to acknowledge that support. So one, that told me we were doing the right thing and we were uh, hitting a need that was so crucial. Uh, In addition to that, we introduced the, the notion of being an upstander, and this is more than just a moment, but really a movement. And what that really aligns to is you know, if you see something, say something, stand with your colleague, especially if you see something that's inequitable or a comment that could be demeaning unintentionally. But stand up for that and be an ally. Um, stand with them. So we introduced that. Um, and we have a couple of other uh, hashtags that really speak to, uh, inclusion. Uh, one of them is the hashtag for each other. And I think that really leveled the playing field that we were all in the, 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 uh, same storm, mm-hmm. but different boats, right. Dealing with, uh, a lot of different challenges behind the scenes, behind the camera, uh, knowing, you know, hearing, uh, pets barking, right? Hearing doorbells ring. Uh, These weren't, there was a lot more uh, acceptance of new ways of working. So um, having people really show up that way was one other piece that I was proud of. The, The second was the expansion and nationalization of our business resource groups. And they have just been, we have 12 of them. They have just been so powerful. We've done, um, actually, some historical uh, educational sessions on Juneteenth this year we were uh, we celebrated Juneteenth as a holiday before it even became federally approved um, as a holiday mm-hmm. so last year we instituted Juneteenth as a holiday and then um I would say the third was really around the pandemic, uh, which was a workshop that I had the privilege of presenting to our board of managing directors on navigating through uncertainty and ambiguity. And that was so well received by our board members. We were given the green light to uh, roll this out globally, and uh, it rolled out uh, in Europe and um, mostly Europe. Uh, Eastern and Western Europe, mm-hmm. so more than six thousand of our colleagues worldwide got to um, understand their emotions about the pandemic um, and new ways of working so um, those are three things in, in the past year that we we did in this unstable year, but there 's so much more Neil um, you know that i 'm proud of.
0: What is your advice to young folks that are entering the healthcare workforce today, and, and a little bit of advice on sustaining this change that's been implemented over the long haul?
1: Yeah, um, so so my advice to people entering uh, the healthcare uh, workforce right now is uh, patience and um, persistence, right? I know sometimes the two of those collide, But one, we need to be patient because there's an incredible amount of inequities that occur, uh, especially in the multicultural patient populations. And we need to really iron those out to ensure that every patient has access to medicines, affordable medicines in general. The other piece is it's a highly rewarding career mm-hmm. to be in in healthcare. To hear patients talk about um, the commitment of um, organizations like ours or industry that's really concerned about patient well being, uh, and knowing that you're making a difference in the quality of somebody's life is really another important uh, purpose driven angle in the in this industry. Um, And, you know, I know this sounds kind of uh, corny, but never stop trying, never stop giving up, uh, because uh, I have had numerous experiences where I stopped uh, trying and uh, just felt that I exhausted all possibilities. And then a couple of weeks later, I came back with a slightly different angle Mm -hmm. and my idea was accepted. Um, So I think always... Uh, be patient with yourself. Be patient with the systems <laughs> industry and, um, uh, you know, work collaboratively with your um, clinical teams, your marketing teams, your sales teams to make a difference because everyone that's here is here for that purpose. I've never met a more purpose-driven organization from leadership uh, all the way uh, across the board to every employee that contributes to the well-being of our patients and animals.
0: Nancy, it has been a pleasure speaking with you this morning. I thank you for joining us here on Health Professional Radio.
1: Thank you, Neil. It's been my distinct pleasure to be with you this morning.
0: You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Nancy DeDia, Executive Director, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, and Head U.S. Dice at Beringer Ingelheim. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.